If you've been wishing, hoping, and dreaming about taking your business from six figures to multi-six figures or multi-six figures to seven figures, then I wanna make sure you get our new free guide, the multi-six and seven-figure scaling roadmap. Inside the guide, I pulled back the curtains and I shared all the strategies that I used and they can help you too. First, they can help you triple your monthly sales. I shared proven strategies with you that led to a 3X increase in my monthly sales. Second, I show you exactly how to crush your limiting beliefs. Say goodbye to doubts like, you can't charge that much and there aren't enough ideal clients for you too. Third, how to only work with ideal clients. I show you how to become the go-to expert and attract only the perfect clients and referrals. And finally, I show you how to quantum leap to $20,000 plus every single month. I show you exactly how to take a quantum leap from 8,000 per month, for example, to 20,000 a month. You can absolutely break through your upper limit barrier and enjoy five and six figure months every single month. Make 2024 your dream come true year by downloading your free guide today. Just click the link in the show notes below. Welcome to Double Your Sales, your resources to selling strategies, tips, and best practices to take your performance to the next level. There's no reason you can't double your sales. So let's get to it with your sales coach, Ursula Menches. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Double Your Sales Now show, where you learn all the tips, mindset shifts, tools, and strategies to two times your sales in any niche. I'm your host, Ursula Menches, and I can't wait to dive into today's show, I'm with the incredible, the amazing Angie Weber. Um, she's gonna, she, she has so many stories to tell. So anyway, I, she's a good friend, I adore her. We're gonna drink coffee throughout this whole thing, maybe a little wine, I don't know how early it is um, where you are, but anyway, Angie, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me on, Ursula. Super excited about this. I'm excited because I feel like we're gonna have such a cool conversation. It's gonna be one of those that people listen to over and over again. So um, first and foremost, I before I introduce Angie, I want to wish Tenacious a happy golden eighth birthday that just happened. So happy birthday, Tenacious. Thank you. Yeah, super exciting milestone um, to hit, you know, eight and having it our golden birthday and just kind of looking back at um, everything that's changed. So it's been, it was kind of, you know, a nostalgic day of looking back and seeing where we came from and where we are now and where we're going. So thank you. Awesome. So let me tell you about Angie. So after attending college at the University of Minnesota, Angie wasn't sure where she would end up, but soon got introduced to Tina Pettis, the owner of Tenacious. Angie jumped on board of the company within a few days and has never turned back. And rumor has it that they met up at a bar, but maybe that's a story for a different time. All right. So a committed and loyal member of the team, Angie has seen Tenacious from its baby stages to the current powerhouse of incredible minds it is. While she's sometimes known as Mini Tina, she remains largely oblivious to the fact that most everyone in the office aspires to be a Mini Angie. Yeah. So watching a business grow from the ground up, she had learned more about the processes, struggles, and successes than she could ever have imagined. Although entrepreneurship was never in her plan, she had the drive and heart as she took Tenacious on as if it were her own. She was a self-proclaimed intrapreneur. Did you get that, everybody? Intrapreneur. Soon, though, she discovered the entrepreneurial bug had hit, and she was on a journey to start something new, navigating through this new adventure of starting a business. With her passion for making an impact and love of replacing toxins around us, she co-founded Hello Life, a natural cosmetics line giving back to mental health awareness. I love it, and this incredible makeup. Um, during all of this, she's also wearing the hats of mom, wife, friend, and daughter. She's going after some big goals and can't wait to tackle the challenges ahead while trying to find the balancing act between it all. She has a podcast also on the balancing act. So, Angie, I'm excited to, to dig into the sales stuff. Uh, I remember, you know, back in the day when I first met you in California, you saw all the way in California. 
So uh, let's let's go back. So before you started with Tenacious and um, way before you launched your own company, what were some of the limiting beliefs that you had about sales or selling? Well, you know, before I even started at Tenacious, I graduated from school. And then um, honestly, I didn't want to get into a real big girl job yet because I always had the mindset that I was going to be in a nine to five and that I was going to have to work for the rest of my life. And I was working at a restaurant at the time and having tons of fun and making good money. And so I um, didn't really want to look for anything. And then when I started, that's when I met Tina. But before that, I would say definitely one of my limiting beliefs was that you had to work really hard to make a good amount of money. I mean, I remember I was working, you know, 12 plus hours sometimes at the restaurant, all that kind of stuff. Um, and so I never, ever thought that I would be in sales either. I didn't look at what I was doing at the restaurant as sales because I was just giving, you know, <laughs> I was asking people what they wanted and what kind of tater they wanted with it. So it wasn't anything too hard um, that I had to worry about. And so, um, you know, I just, I didn't really ever see myself as a salesperson because I think a lot of us come out thinking like, oh my gosh, I don't want to be that sleazy person. I don't want to be pushy to people. I don't want them to think that I just want their money, you know? And so really having to change that mindset, which I know we'll probably get into of more serving people versus selling people um, was a big thing that I hadn't even really thought of because I never, ever, ever thought that I would be in sales. I never, ever thought that I would be in um, the small business world, but uh, here I am. So never say never, right? Never say never, never say never. So thinking back with the tenacious journey first, was there a moment, I think there's like a golden watch moment or something that I heard about, but when did you truly double your sales for the first time? And what did you believe about sales and selling after that? Like take, take yourself back to that moment. What did you, what, how did it happen? Yeah. What did you do to get there? And what did you learn from that? Yeah, well, even before that, um, which kind of ties in too, is, you know, coming into a company and not actually owning it yourself, um, I didn't have a lot of confidence in selling. So there was one day when I had a meeting with someone and I went into Tina's office afterwards and I said, hey, I just had this really great meeting. They're really interested in working with us, you know, all this stuff. And then I was like, but how much should I quote them? Like, what do you want me to tell them? I told them that I would let them know once I had a chance to talk to you. And she kind of looked at me funny and she's like, you know, like, just go with your gut. Like, what would you have told them? Like, I'm not going to be mad. You know, I'm not going to be upset if you say a different price than maybe I would have said. If it was a little bit lower, we can just talk about it, you know, um, and kind of go from there. But that really gave me a lot more confidence as far as selling went and feeling like I could take ownership. And that's kind of when the entrepreneur journey really started as well, um, of really feeling confident that I had, you know, some say in the business and say in prices and stuff like that. So that was super powerful. Um, and then yes, after, uh, we had went to sales camp a couple months, I would say actually maybe like a year after that, Tina and I were at a conference in Texas and we were on a bus, um, like one of the shuttle buses from the hotels to go eat dinner or something. And she, we had hit a sales goal for our company a while ago. And so we all went shopping and she got this beautiful, beautiful gold watch. And I'm totally not even a watch wearer. Like I have my phone. That's all I need. Right. But for some reason on that bus <laughs> that night, I just looked over at her and I said, when I uh, double my sales in one month, you're going to buy me that watch, which is like totally more upfront than I would typically ever be. So there may have been a margarita or two involved in that. Um, but she loved it. She was like, okay, challenge on, like, let's go for it. And so it took me a little while to get there. Um, but after getting and doubling actually more than double of my sales, um, 
I really figured out like, oh my gosh, this can happen and I can do this. Like it, this was this outrageous number that I never thought I could get to before, but no, it is totally possible to get there as long as I'm really building up my pipeline and staying true to my work and work in progress sheet and um, making sure that that's active because wanting to hit your sales in, you know, wanting to double your sales or something like that in one month, you have to do a lot of prep work in order to do that. You need to feed your pipeline. You need to be working and making those connections because you can't just expect, you know, on February 1st or, you know, September 1st or whatever month it is um, that you are just going to be able to just all of a sudden these people are going to flood to you and you're not going to have to do any work. So um, yeah, I totally got past my limiting belief that it had to be super hard, that the people wouldn't come because once you open up your mind, money loves a plan, right? Which I learned from you. So it's a great thing to kind of open up your mind and people do start coming to you and opportunities do start arising, but you need to get past that belief that it's not going to happen. So if you could put it into one sentence, what did you believe after you doubled your sales? I believed that I was a great salesperson and were able to hit my goals. Got it. Got it. And you did. And so we're going to get into the strategies in a moment. But I, you know, I want to pause there for a second because a lot of people you know, wonder about limiting beliefs and how they're shifted. And so much of it is, you know, shifting it ahead of time. What I'm curious about, I don't know if you're comfortable sharing numbers or, you know, what one of your highest months was and how, how you got there. We'll talk about strategy in a moment. But how important was it to set the stretch goal and then reverse engineer how you were going to get there? And how did you do that? Super important because I mean, so I will share my, um, the month that I did the double my sales, I was just under $35,000 for that month, um, which I was, my goal was 30 and then I got almost a 35 and I was a little upset that I didn't hit that. So, you know, always trying to keep stretching yourself, uh, kind of happens too when you're motivated in that sense. And so, you know, I've always had these goals and I've just written them down on paper and maybe I like stick them on my computer or something as a little reminder, but actually going the step further and figuring out, okay, how many clients do I need? How many, you know, strategy sessions do we need to do this month in order to hit this goal? How many websites can we bring on? And also not even, I remember the month that it happened to, I started out the month thinking, all right, instead of setting my intentions around the dollar amount all the time, I'm going to set my intention of how many strategy sessions do we want to help people with this month? And the first day that I set that intention, I ended up selling a strategy session. So uh, not even looking just at the numbers of the like services, but also, you know, as far as the price, but looking at the numbers of like, how many of these services could we bring on to get to that goal? So without that plan, I know that I wouldn't have been able to hit it. And thank you for sharing that and really breaking it down. And for all of the people who are listening, it's such an important point. You can always set a stretch goal and reverse engineer it. And the second you do that, and this is what Angie's talking about, the second you do that, the way to get there always shows up. The other thing that happens is the universe kicks in. Universe, quantum, whatever you want to call it. But it's like all of a sudden things, it almost feels like magic, but it's really about clarity. When you're crystal clear, it's like then the universe, the quantum universe starts to work in your favor. Synchronicity starts to happen. And it's like we see it all the time with our clients. It's hard to explain that. It's hard to, you know, convince people that it can be that easy. But the first step is you have to get clear on that sales stretch goal, which is what Angie's talking about. So if you want to double, well, what is the number? And then reverse engineer it. And I love how you shared too, Angie, that, you know, it's not always about the numbers. Like get the numbers, but then figure out, well, what is the strategy? How do we get there? And focusing on the strategy sessions or some other people might think of, you know, the appointments that you're going to set is just as important. And maybe figuring, like we always tell our clients, you know, guess that maybe you have a 50% close ratio, which means you'll close half the appointments that of people that you meet with to start and then track it so you figure out what your closing ratio is. I'm curious about that. What do you think your closing ratio is these days, Angie? Do you know? 
Well, I remember the first time we went to sales camp, uh, Tina and I were in our hotel room and we were trying to figure it out and we had about a 60% close rate at there. And I would say that it's about the same now. 60 to 70% um, is typically our close rate when we do appointments. So Angie, what do you think your closing ratio is today? So I would say that our close rate now, or at least for myself too, is about 60 to 70%. Phenomenal. So here's what I'm curious about. I want to stay with limiting beliefs for a moment. And we talked about the beliefs about sales and selling, but when you look back at you know all of your success um, with Tenacious and with Hello Life and just all the things that you've done, where I mean, like looking at what do you think the number one limiting belief was that you changed so that you could be on this trajectory of success? Maybe it was even outside of sales. Maybe the belief about yourself or about business or about life or about money. Yeah, no, we we try to track stuff all the time. Now, what we try to do and what we actually do can be a little bit different sometimes, but it's also good to go back to the basics. So um, yeah, it's super important because then we know like how many people we have to be reaching out to, how many people we have to call, how to keep that pipeline um, full. So yeah, we always look at those types of things. And then Tina and I always make, you know, goals for the month of, hey, how many people are you going to reach out to? How many people are you going to meet with? What are your sales going to be? So really keeping each other accountable for that too. It totally makes sense. I mean, I think I agree. Like for entrepreneurs, that's one of the biggest limiting beliefs is, well, it's so easy for me to do this. Well, just because it's easy for you doesn't mean that someone else wants to even try to figure it out or have to do it. And easy is usually the thing that we can charge the most with for. So, you know, for anyone who's listening, like thinking about what is super easy for you? What is super easy for your team? What do you guys do effortlessly that other people would pay you to do? I mean, that's the thing that you could probably charge a premium amount for. So what a great, great reminder. Uh, Angie, I want to dig into, you, you touched on a few things you did in the month that you doubled your sales, but uh, you know, from, from a marketing standpoint, from a sales standpoint, what are the two strategies that you use that helped you the most the month you doubled your sales? Yeah, I think just getting rid of the limiting belief, like about just around money of like people who are really rich can be really greedy or shady and things like that. That was a huge limiting belief that I had to get over. Um, but also just I think some of us sometimes, especially in service-based kind of industries, um, and maybe this is a woman thing, but I'm sure men probably go through it too, is thinking like, well, I can kind of just do that for you. Like, you really want to pay me for that? Because it comes so second nature to us to do things like doing a strategy session for someone to build up their online marketing. Like to me, it's just so secondhand of like, well, no, you need this in place and this in place. And then kind of feeling like people really want to pay me for this. Like I can, I can just tell them like they don't have to pay me. So I think it's really hard sometimes for us to really understand the value of what we are offering to people. And that was a huge limiting belief as well um, that I still kind of have to go back to of like, I know what we do is very valuable. I know the services that we provide are amazing and they really help clients out and it's, it's our sweet spot. So we just need to remember that it's not theirs and that's why we're able to get paid for it. If that makes sense. So I want to unpack this a little bit. So you talked about following up first. We know that's critical, right? I mean, everybody says you have to follow up. Every mm -hmm. sales coach, business coach will teach following up. Now, here's what I'm curious about because this is where people get stuck is number yeah. one, how and when did you schedule time to follow up and how did you develop the habit? Because if you were going to have that kind of a month, I know it had to become a habit at some point where you were doing it regularly and people will tell me they don't have time. And it's like, well, that's the one thing that's going to bring you sales. So tell us, like, how did you set your schedule and then how did you stick to it? 
Definitely follow-up was the number one thing. Um, so making sure that I was getting on the phone with people, that I was following up with them, uh, really staying consistent with that was so important because, again, another limiting belief that we um, come into play with is, oh, well, they haven't called me back or they didn't you know, send me an email or they haven't signed the proposal yet. Obviously, they don't want to work with us. And the thing is, is like everyone just gets busy. Like they have a business to run. They have multiple other things on their to-do list. And just because they, you know, want to work with you, maybe it just keeps getting pushed to the bottom because they have client stuff coming up or something, you know, that is taking up their time. So really following up with those people be until I got a yes or a no or a next step to make sure that they felt like I wasn't dropping the ball or that I wasn't communicating correctly. And if they told me a no, I was like, okay, awesome. Thanks for letting me know. I can put all my focus and energy onto this next person then versus trying to, um, you know, have it between two people. So follow-up was definitely the very best, um, best thing that I did. And then also just keeping track of my numbers, like figuring out, okay, what do I need to sell? Like how much more do I have for my goal? And the morning that I hit it, so um, I hit it in February. My birthday's in February. Tina said, okay, we're going to go shopping for your gold watch. You're going to do it this month. And we were a couple days into it and um, trying to keep also in mind the strategy that you shared with us of, you know, pretend that you only have 15 days in the month. Like what would happen if you hit your goal by the 15th? So I was getting really close to it. And she's like, just put down on our calendar when we're going shopping. So I put down my birthday, which as the 24th. So first of all, I have the shortest month of the year playing against me. And then I'm trying to do it by my birthday birthday. And so the night before in the morning of, I was $36 away from my goal. <laughs> and, like my husband's so sweet. He's texting Tina, like, I know she really wants to hit her goals or anything that I can do to help, you know, and everyone is like, so rooting for me. Um, and even that morning I text Tina and I said, so how attracted, like how attached are you to your desk? She texts back. She's like, um, I'm pretty attached to it. Why? And I was like, I don't know. I figured I could sell it for $36, give you the money, and then I'd have my goal, right? Um, but then uh, like a $1,200 sale came in that morning before noon. So it was super, super exciting. Um, so, but trying to really keep track of like, where am I at? Cause I think it's really easy for us to not look at the numbers when we're going throughout the month. And then it gets towards the end of the month and maybe we have five days or three days left. And we're like, Oh my gosh, I'm still, you know, 10 grand away from my goal. How am I ever going to hit that? And then we get defeated and depressed and we're like, well, I guess I'll just start again next month. So, um, really keeping track of the numbers. Excellent tips. I'm sure lots of people are taking notes right now. Thank you for sharing. And it's just, it's these are yes. reminders we all need. I forget, like we all forget on how important it is to have it on the calendar, be tracking the numbers in our work in progress. And, and as Angie mentioned, work in progress is something we use um, through Sales Camp and Sales Coach Now. It's just a tracking, and you can create your own tracking sheet, but it tracks your pipeline so you know um, where you, you know, who you talked to last, what the next step is, what the value of that is mm -hmm. in terms of revenue. And even if you have a sophisticated CRM, customer relationship management tool, because I have corporate clients who use Salesforce and, you know, these really great tools, but often if it's, it's sort of like garbage in, garbage out, if you don't, if you don't have it clearly in front of you and you don't know what the next step is, it's really hard to make those calls every day. So excellent. So here, I'm curious. I mean, I know that you and Tina are each other's biggest fans and you give each other so much support and that's so, so important, like to have that accountability partner, right? Uh, what I'm curious about is on your tough days, like on the days, because I'm sure, like, let's use that month that you doubled as an example, right? Like shortest month, I'm sure there were times, or I'm guessing there might have been times during the month where something didn't go as planned, a client fell out, a deal fell apart, um, the day got away from you. Like, what did you do when you wanted to give up? Even though you had this goal of doubling your sales, what did you do in the moments when you wanted to give up? Yeah, so... 
one of the things that I did is I always had my work in progress sheet in front of me all the time. Like that's one of the first things that opened up on my calendar. So that's something again, that we learned from you of having, you know, everyone's information in there and really having a note section. So you can see the last time you followed up with them. And we always put the date before it because it's easy to be like, Oh yeah, I did call them. But when was that? Maybe it was a week ago. Maybe it was two weeks ago. Maybe it was a month ago and it feels like a week ago. Um, so always having that up and in like really in front of mind. Another thing that, um, Tina and I did is we always have a call sheet at the beginning of every week. So we have a call sheet that we just list out the top 25 people that we want to reach out to. And so making sure that I was keeping people on that all the time too. And we have a Monday morning meeting where we go over those to make sure that we're really reaching out to these people. So just having more awareness of it and really finding that time and scheduling it into my calendar, like, Hey, from noon to one, I'm going to do follow-up calls and having, you know, the top like low hanging fruit as my first calls for those days was super important. So really making a priority, scheduling it into the calendar, and then having a meeting, especially if you have an accountability partner, whether you work in an office with someone or you have a a business partner, or if it's just another entrepreneur or business person that you want to touch base with every week to be like, hey, what are you doing? Because I'm going to do this. And then you hold each other accountable is super important as well. Fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So I want to switch gears a little bit and talk about Hello Life. I know, you know, you've launched your own product-based business. It's online. I know you have partners that resell already. I mean, lots of exciting things have happened. I'm just looking there for, you know, the the strategies that have worked well in in that business and any advice you want to share with people who might be launching their their own product-based business. Yeah, definitely using the accountability partners and just like my tribe of entrepreneurs that I have around me or other business people. So obviously having Tina in the same office is really great and awesome. And we try to see each other a lot. Sometimes we're kind of like ships passing in the night, right? And so... um that is definitely super helpful just to keep each other accountable and give support. But it's also good to have those other people outside of your business to be able to give you support too and kind of let you vent, but also not let you stay there. So if I was having a rough day, maybe reaching out to another, you know, a friend of mine who is in a similar situation or similar industry of being like, oh my gosh, this is so hard. I don't know if I'm going to hit it. And then instead of them being like, you're right. Oh, it's okay. You can try next month. You know, oh, let's, you know, have a pity party forever. Really being like, okay, what are you going to do now? Like, what is the next step now that you've got this off? Like, what are you going to do? And so really kind of pushing you to, and then always trying to go back to that belief of, you know, money loves a plan. When one door closes, another one opens. Um, you know, so if a client falls off, then that just means that we have room for another one and maybe it's going to be a better fit this time. It's fantastic. Well, congratulations on your success with Hello Life, and we wish you so much success with that as well. And so Angie, we want to pick your brain. We want to know your best stuff. We know that you're an expert in branding, you're an expert in social media, you're an expert in business growth and online business now. Uh, What are two to three strategies that you can share with our listeners in your area of expertise? Whatever you want to share, like your best stuff. Yeah, it's definitely a crazy ride. Um, it's a lot different. I, I feel very blessed that I got to see this, that I get to see the service side of a business and then jumping into a product side. There's a lot of different strategies that have to go into it as far as marketing and things like that. Um, and so, yeah, we've, we've done a lot and it, and events are really great. They're a great way to sell, but being at the right events, um, has been super helpful for us because something as far as makeup, um, because that's what the line is, it's, it can be a little daunting to people who haven't heard your name. So we did this huge, huge event, um, you know, in the cities around the holiday time and, uh, 
I was like, oh my gosh, this is going to be so great. They had, you know, all these big promises of, oh my gosh, you're going to do a, a year's worth of sales in, you know, one weekend and stuff like that, which to me was like super intimidating. We were only like two months old at that time. So I was like, oh, this is really scary. Uh, so I think that we can also kind of go back to that limiting belief of sometimes we're scared of success of, oh my gosh, what will happen not if it doesn't happen, but when it does happen, like, how am I going to be able to handle this? Like, how many other people am I going to need? What am I going to need to put in place? And then we kind of freak ourselves out a little bit. So for that event, I really learned like for a product-based standpoint, if you're not new or if you're not known, it's a lot harder because you're in a cold market sometimes to get people. So really making the benefits um, aware were really important. But then we would do other events that were for our warm market, like Polkadot Powerhouse we're a part of. So we did it at their celebration. Um, we've done other networking groups. Um, and so when we're in a warm market, it's a lot easier to sell because people already know, like, and trust us and they want to support us and support the cause of the mental health piece in there. Um, so that's been been very interesting, but also figuring out like, yeah, retail stuff and who do you want to partner with and what do you price stuff as and packages and all that kind of stuff. Um, it's, it's a lot of things to go into, but it's also really fun because then you get to see another industry and, and figure out how that all works. One thing would be to always have a strategy in online marketing. It's really easy for people to be like, well, I have a Facebook page and a Twitter account and an Instagram and a Pinterest and a LinkedIn and all these other things just because, you know, people told me I should have it. Um, and just because people say you should doesn't mean that you need to uh, because it takes up a lot of time and energy. Awesome reminder. Well, Angie, thank you for being here today. Thank you for sharing who you are and supporting our community. We so appreciate you and everything you do for us. And thank you all of our listeners. We're, we heard that um, we have listeners in 30 countries now and growing. So that's super fun. Wherever you are in the world, um, please let us know how we can support you. If you go to salescoachnow.com, if you go to our website, you can get our free download, which is um, our video series valued at almost $500. It's called Sales Secrets of the Top 10%. And I take you through with me the video series on how to think like a top 10 percenter, which is really fun. Uh, we have lots of exciting things coming up. September 13th, if you're in the Minneapolis area or you want to fly in, uh, just save that date. That's when the Belief Zone book will be launching, and I'm going to be sharing a special presentation that night. You won't want to miss it, so come and hang out with us at Hotel Ivy. More information to come on that. And our sales camps are coming up in New Mexico in September and October and November in Minneapolis. Come and play. If there's anything we can do to answer questions or if you want a session with one of our coaches, email us at Ursula, U-R-S-U-L-A, at salescoachnow.com, and I'll be sure to get that to the right person. I want to thank you all for being here with us today, and just remember to make 2017 your most epic year yet. Thank you for listening to Double Your Sales. To get even more information to take your sales to the next level, visit us at salescoachnow.com. That's salescoachnow.com. Join us again next week to learn how to double your sales.